1: Welcome to the three martini lunch. Grab a stool next to Greg Corumbus of Radio America and Jim Garrity of National Review. Three martinis coming up.
0: And we're so glad you are with us on the Three Martini Lunch. We're brought to you today by Honey. Right now, head over to joinhoney.com slash martini, but only if you want to save money on a lot of different online purchases. Otherwise, Honey's not for you. But if you like saving money, they're totally for you, and we'll talk about them a lot more in just a little bit. Uh, Jim, let's get to our good martini. This is becoming a habit now this week, and quite frankly, I love this. More ISIS leaders dead. Okay, two total. But still, this is a really good start to the week. President Trump tweeting out this morning just confirmed that Abu Bakr al-Baghdadi's number one replacement has been terminated by American troops, most likely would have taken the top spot. Now he's also dead with a capital D. Trump said on Tuesday he did not identify this person. Uh, Kurdish forces had said that uh, Abu Hassan al-Muhajir... Uh, who had been a spokesman for ISIS, was thought to be next in line, and and he's dead now. Uh, another one who is possibly in line, but might be the third-string ISIS quarterback here, Jim, is named <laughs> Abdullah Kardash. He's known as the Destroyer, so I'm not sure if he's a pro wrestler and is on a side gig here. But uh, two days, two good martinis, two dead ISIS leaders. I like this pattern.
1: Yeah, and uh, the Destroyer should be worried about Wednesday. <laughs> Um, there's a consistent pattern here. And here, First of all, if your nickname is the destroyer and you're not in charge of ISIS, you got to be a little frustrated by that. Like, Come on. You know, what, what do I have to do here to be in charge Well, you have to wait for the other two guys to die? We actually shouldn't be that surprised to see another strike on an ISIS target right after the Baghdadi strike. They said that they got prisoners. They said that they got intelligence from the site. Um, you know, whether it's electronic, these guys have cell phones, laptops uh, you know, even paper and pencil or something, or whether these guys are giving stuff up under interrogation, um, you're going to end up with a circumstance where we're going to know a lot. We've learned a lot more about ISIS in the last 48 hours than we may have in the previous, you know, a couple of weeks. And when you have that information, you strike when the iron is hot. You, you know, probably everybody at ISIS, if they haven't moved already, the moment you hear one of your leaders is dead, you probably want to be in a new location quickly. Um, but they may have a limited number of safe houses and places where they go to hide. So we shouldn't be stunned um, by this. It is continued good news. It is a you know further momentum shift against ISIS, and you start to wonder whether, as a coherent organization, ISIS's days are numbered. Now, I think, you know, are people always going to say, "Oh, I was inspired by ISIS to do this terrible attack"? Yes, um, but also it was interesting to read some of the stuff going around yesterday. They don't have a caliphate anymore. And that was what made them unique and distinctive. So between loss of leadership and loss of the caliphate and overall military defeats we've seen, it's kind of fascinating. A group that was such a loom so large in our consciousness as a menace and the, the scary sequel to Al Qaeda, you could say. They're having the, the kind of week that usually you get when you've been protected by the New York Jets offensive line. Um, <laughs> just one after another going down to you know serious injuries or, you know. In the case of the ISIS guys, fatal injuries. Yes, as bad as Sam Darnold's
0: spleen was, uh, he at least is back. I'm not sure that's necessarily been a good thing so far. Although it was for one week against Dallas, Jim. My 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 question here, when it comes to uh, ISIS uh, leaders getting knocked off here, which of course is a fantastic thing, is. Is there like a political scramble like we see in the United States whenever there's a political vacancy where Senator so-and-so has been there for 30 years and then uh, everybody who's a little bit further down on the, on the ladder in politics in their state is like, I'm so sorry to see that so-and-so has passed. And then they immediately <laughs> try to clear the field and make sure that they have as few competitors as possible to take over.
1: You know, I think there was a good Daily Show joke from earlier in the war on terror when we would killed some sort of, you know, uh, ISIS suicide bomb commander. And he said that, uh, you know, for suicide bombers, there's really only two career paths to be to you rise in the ranks to become the guy who sends out the suicide bombers or you end up becoming one of the suicide bombers. And you don't see a lot of veteran suicide, you know, multiple term suicide bombers running around out there. Part of the problem with these groups is they create offshoots and splinter groups and all that kind of stuff. You got to wonder if you're of any distinction in ISIS right now, do you even want to keep the brand name? Pretty striking that things could change so quickly.
0: So, is that the uh, ISIS equivalent of setting up a PAC instead of running for office?
1: I mean, what, <laughs> how far do we want to if take this the, analogy? Look, this is an independent <laughs> terrorism expenditure operation. If we're not coordinating. Oh,
0: man. All right. Well, what you do want to do is coordinate. Your online purchasing to save as much money as possible. And you know what? We are in the bulk of the holiday season now. Uh, Hopefully you've done your Halloween shopping, but there's still two days, so there's still time. If you uh, just realized your kid doesn't have a costume or something, uh, maybe you want to get some candy. Um, Thanksgiving's coming up, a lot to do there. And of course, uh, Christmas presents, Christmas decorations, all sorts of holiday events coming up in the next couple of months. And giving holiday gifts is great, but overspending on those things is not. So... Why spend more than you have to? And finding the lowest price is easy if you have Honey. Honey is a free browser extension that automatically finds the best promo codes wherever you shop online, which means you are always getting the best deals without even trying on over 20,000 sites. 20,000 sites like Amazon, eBay, uh, J. Crew, Sephora, Expedia, Target, Best Buy, you name it. So whether you're trying to buy gifts or maybe you're trying to book that trip to grandma's house for Thanksgiving or Christmas, uh, honey is the way to go to save money on all of these things. And given how much you're probably going to need to buy in the coming weeks, saving money as often as possible, a few bucks here, uh, maybe more than a few bucks there, you're going to feel very satisfied with how smart you were with your shopping And you'll actually have that uh, additional money to buy those last-minute gifts and other things that always happen to pop up.
1: You know, Greg, some of the numbers associated with Honey are just absolutely astounding. Uh, Honey has found more than 10 million members, over a billion dollars, billion with a B as in Bumblebee, a billion dollars in savings. It supports more than 20,000 stores online, and it has more than 100,000 five-star reviews on the Google Chrome store.
0: So if it's already saved a billion dollars, Bernie Sanders hates it. And therefore, that's another reason to support it. If you're buying gifts this holiday season, then you need Honey. If you're not, you probably know someone who is. So do them a solid and tell them about Honey. Honey can help make sure that you're getting the best price for whatever you're buying. And the best part, it's free to use and literally installs in just two clicks. Get Honey for free at joinhoney.com slash martini. That's joinhoney.com slash martini. All right, Jim, let's move to our second good martini. For the second straight day, we have two good martinis, and it seems like it was only about a year ago, basically because it was, that we were kind of horrified about the idea of Kirsten Cinema. Being a Democratic senator from Arizona, after all, she had called her own home state the meth lab of democracy. Uh, She had been just egregiously uh, inappropriate in her protesting of the war on terror and the start of the Iraq war. There's the whole pink tutu. Uh, Fiasco from back in the day, but nonetheless, she won. She beat Martha McSally, and Martha McSally's consolation prize was to become a senator anyway. But Kirsten Cinema actually won the won the race, and it turns out she's actually frustrating a lot of Democrats. Now, to be sure, she votes with the Democrats more than she votes with the Republicans. She's the centerpiece of a new Politico piece, which basically says she's. trying to be ready for Ironman competitions while holding a moderate voting record in the line of Joe Manchin, which is certainly not what we expected when we saw some of those stories pop out last year. Uh, She says she has no interest in watching the Democratic debates because she prefers happiness. Uh, she says she this is perhaps the most important one to me anyway is that she is absolutely opposed to ending the legislative filibuster, which means if the Democrats get control and want to make a push for Medicare for all or the green new Deal they 'd have to change the rule and kirsten cinema 's not going to help them. She also wants to reinstate the filibuster for appointees and so forth. Um, so uh, earlier this year, the Arizona Democratic Party almost uh, held a censure vote. They, they held off on that. Uh, and cinema is also under fire from some in her party for actually endorsing a challenger to a sitting U.S. senator. That's the Massachusetts race where Joe Kennedy's taking on Ed Markey, who is considered the more liberal senator. So, Jim, it's not like Kirsten Cinema is going to turn into Mike Lee anytime soon, but this is certainly better than what we expected.
1: No, it's a genuinely pleasant surprise, uh, considering how often we deal with uh, Republicans from, you know, sometimes red to purple states or red to purple districts who go to Washington. And uh, those of us in conservative circles are used to the term of strange new respect, where all of a sudden (laughs) it could be Jeff Flake. Uh, I don't know if Lincoln Chafee was ever all that uh, conservative Republican, but he certainly didn't uh, uh, stick with his party very often at all. Uh, The main senators, uh, Susan Collins there before her, Olympia Snow, uh, Arlen Specter, uh, but there's just this long history of Republicans getting elected and either from pressure from the press or from trying to get along well with their colleagues or for whatever reason, they quote unquote grow in office and they end up becoming much more moderate than they sounded. And, you know, sometimes you can find the situation particularly in the cases of senators where they end up uh, being conservative in in particular years. Uh, Great respect for Senator John McCain, but his build the dang fence ad that he ran in one of his reelection bids was particularly irritating because he got to Washington. And then, you know, all of a sudden had much more of a a, 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 much more centrist or or much less aligned position uh, on, on illegal immigration. And here's, you know, and you, it feels like it never happens to the Democrats. So they might say, oh, we've got our Joe Manchins." But look, it's West Virginia. And Donald Trump won the state of West Virginia by about a bazillion points. Um, uh, certainly on a whole bunch of cultural issues, including uh, coal mining and, and guns and stuff like that, you're just not going to get a deeply progressive Democrat from the state of West Virginia. So to get one from Arizona, which we keep hearing is a purple state and not as you know rock-ribbed as Republican as it used to be, uh, it's no longer the state of Barry Goldwater, et cetera, et cetera, that, uh, that for cinema to, you know, de- defy her party. And also kind of interesting is that when she says things like, I I don't want to watch the Democratic debates because I, I prefer to be happy. First of all, <laughs> Greg, has there ever been a Democratic senator who spoke for all of us so so universally? But the second thing, like, how do we end up in a world where I have to watch the Democratic debates and she doesn't? I want to be a senator from Arizona too. Um, First of all, I mean, salute her honesty, salute her bluntness, um, and just uh, an—you know, this this should be a canary in the coal mine for a bunch of Democrats. Kirsten Cinema, look, she is clearly quirky. She is clearly uh, marches to the beat of her own drummer. She's made it very clear she's going to do what she thinks is best for her state, um, and she is—you know—by by no means is she a conservative down the line, but she defies progressive orthodoxy every now and then. And I think those of us on the right are just—we now we find her fascinating. Um, almost a, she's the new Tulsi Gabbard, Greg. <laughs> now does this mean you know we prefer her over Republican? Yeah, probably not. But she's gonna be around for six years, so we might as well enjoy the ride. So um, yeah, Kirsten Sinema, get her a Dos Ecos because she's starting to turn into the most interesting senator in the Senate. <laughs>
0: Now, another thing I respect uh, that I learned in this uh, story is that she pretty much only deals with Arizona media, which probably isn't very good for you and me if we're ever to try and get an interview request. But um, she is focused on the people that actually uh, voted for her and that she represents. And she doesn't do a lot of cable news uh, just to raise her own brand, which is actually making the Democratic National Party leaders very upset because they really, really uh, hope that she'll help them turn Arizona blue this year because they think the demographics are finally on their side to do that. And she's basically out there saying, yeah, I'm not going to do that. So uh, again, uh, we'll see. And uh, with, with Gabbard not re- running for re-election to Congress, uh, we need someone to replace her as the the periodic thorn in the side of the Democratic Party.
1: Let's also note, by the way, like so this, this does indicate that just as the uh, the types of dem- Democrats who won houses, I talked yesterday about Rahm Emanuel in 2006, a bunch of the Democrats who won those suburban seats, particularly in places like Virginia, were not running as down the line, you know, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez clones. They're oh, I'm going to be centrist. I'm going to work with the president where I can. I'm there to put you know, country over party, et cetera, et cetera. I don't think their voting record has you know, lived up to that. Um, but that indicates that you know, you as much as we say, oh, these places are turning purple. Well, yeah, as long as you don't showcase how progressive and what how much a Democrat you are. You know, if you, the, the interesting, you can always tell who has the advantage by who doesn't put their party affiliation on their yard signs. Right. Yes, exactly.
0: <laughs> I'm seeing that every day. Unfortunately, it's uh, all the Democrats are putting Democrat on their yard signs. Yeah. Uh, that's just kind of the way it is in Virginia now. But how, uh, wait, how
1: do you tell the, uh, the, the Trump voters in northern Virginia, Greg? The people who have nothing? The ones that have no yard signs. Yes. <laughs>
0: All right, well, let's talk about some more good news, and that's For Patriots, where you can find them at forpatriots.com slash martini and find all the great deals, including getting a free solar panel with the purchase of the Patriot Power Generator 2000X. 100% satisfaction guaranteed. Visit 4 slash martini to get your Patriot Power Generator 2000X with the free solar panel included. Plus, get free shipping on orders over $97. Save more and get peace of mind now by going to the number 4Patriots.com slash martini. That's 4 slash martini. All right, on to our crazy martini, but let's stay with the U.S. Senate and let's talk about a seat that we're almost taking for granted that Republicans are going to once again pick up in 2020, and that's the Alabama Senate seat. A strange sequence of circumstances led to Doug Jones uh, defeating Roy Moore because of allegations against Roy Moore that go back to the 70s and 80s and underage girls and all sorts of other things that uh, if you've been with us for a long time, you know what I'm talking about. So uh, there's a lot of Republicans who think that this is uh, low-hanging fruit, and so they just got to pick a nominee to uh, To get in there, who's not named Roy Moore, and win the seat back. Uh, He's one of the five, however, who are already in the race. There's Congressman Bradley Byrne, former Auburn coach Tommy Tuberville, Secretary of State John Merrill, State Rep. Arnold Mooney, and now possibly former Senator Jeff Sessions. He has till November 8th to qualify for the ballot, but apparently he's seriously considering this. He's still got some money in the bank from the last time he ran. Uh, Jim, there's two potential problems here, though, that I see. Maybe three. First of all, he's 72, so you don't know how many more terms he would necessarily want to serve. Secondly, you know if he runs, President Trump is going to use his Twitter account like a sledgehammer to try and make him lose the primary. And with six people in the race, five of them aren't named Roy Moore, which means that they're splitting the anti-Roy Moore vote. Um, And so I don't, have any doubt that Jeff Sessions would probably be a pretty good senator like he was before, but I'm not sure it's ultimately the best thing for conservatives for him to get in here.
1: Yeah, I want to use Jeff Sessions as an example of a broader trend. On the campaign trail in 2015-2016, Donald Trump loved to tell the story of the scorpion and the frog. Most people probably heard it. It ends with, you know, the scorpion ends up stinging the frog, even though he promised not to. And the frog's like, how could you do this to me? And he's like, you knew I was a scorpion when you let me go on your back. This is who I am. This is what I do. Don't expect me to change, which was, you know, either a really funny and self-aware story from Donald Trump or an ominous warning that everyone around him kept ignoring. And, you know, it's, it's there are a few people who have left the administration of Donald Trump with their reputations either intact or enhanced. I think Nikki Haley comes to mind. Um <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, i'm sure there are others that are not coming to mind and i say this as somebody who's seen um, friends and colleagues and people i've known from before the trump days go to work for the trump presidency and somebody uh kevin hassett on the council of economic advisors larry kudlow longtime friend of national review uh john bolton right international security advisor folks who we have you know been you know one degree of separation with or have helped with the magazine or have appeared in our pages or, or you know um, have gone to work for this president. In most of the cases, it's turned out really bad for them. Um, they've left under very bad terms. They've been very frustrated by the president. I think, you know, obviously there's the Bolton is maybe the most classic example of this. People join because they, they believe in this president. They want to help the president. They've been asked to help. Um, people like Bill Taylor tell the story of how their spouses don't want them to do it. They feel like they have a duty and it turns out really badly for them. And so whenever I hear about somebody going to work for the administration who I like and respect, I feel like, you know, this, remember the story of the the frog and the scorpion. This could turn out really badly. There was one U.S. senator who endorsed Trump before everybody else did. It was Jeff Sessions. Jeff Sessions was in the job for just a very short time before he made the decision to recuse. And this obviously angered Trump. Now, look, this is not the first time a president has had a a beef with a cabinet official. It happens. That's, you know, that by itself is not the issue. Trump going on to Twitter to humiliate him and talk about what a terrible job he's doing and to call him names and stuff like that. That is unusual. And most people would say a self-respecting um, uh, a you know, person would say, you know what, Mr. President, if you don't want me here, I'm not going to be here. I quit. I'm out of here. Uh, Sessions hung on for about about a two-year span, and here he is. I don't, for a variety of reasons, everything you listed there, Greg, the age Um, the fact that obviously he would further divide a primary and perhaps increase the odds of a Roy Moore win. I I just don't know how many people are clamoring for a Jeff Sessions, um, return. Now, if he, if he won the nomination, he'd probably, you know, beat Doug Jones like a drum. Um, but I don't think Trump could put his, his beef beside. That's really, that's not on brand for Donald Trump. Um, and I think that, you know, it would complicate things in Alabama and I'm just, I'm ready for, I'm ready. Look, it's Alabama. We should be able to find a scandal free conservative republic. It's like it's like what they grow down there, isn't it, Greg?
0: Yes, this, again, should be the low hanging fruit. And um, this could complicate it more. But uh, the president, you would think, wouldn't spend a whole lot of time berating his own party's nominee if Sessions were to be the nominee. But you just can't assume that.
1: (laughs) That's kind of a bizarre thing. How lucky do you feel, Republicans? How lucky? (laughs) Look, look, we'll we'll definitely pick up this seat as long as the president has impulse control. (laughs) What could go wrong?
0: Oh, man. Happy Tuesday, Jim. See you tomorrow. See you tomorrow, Greg. Jim Garrity, National Review. I'm Greg Columbus of Radio America. So glad that you were able to stop by for the Three Martini Lunch today. And don't forget to head over to joinhoney.com slash martini to save money online. And tune in Wednesday for the next Three Martini Lunch. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com.
1: It's my little escape.
0: Now Judy's the life of the party.
1: Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon.
0: Whoa, take it easy, Judy.